When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Geekscapists, welcome to our brand new Geekscape episode. I'm Jonathan London, your host, and we like to talk movies, video games, comic books. This is a Geekscape special where I sit down with my good friend Ian Kerner, who I started Geekscape with all those years ago, and we devote a special podcast just to talk about one major tentpole thing that happened in the big geek universe. And this week we've got X-Men Dark Phoenix, the closure to the whole Fox X-Men series uh, that started way back in 2000 um, with Brian Singer's original X-Men movie. Uh, here we've got this brand new Dark Phoenix one, the second iteration of this Dark Phoenix story that Fox has put to bat. And did they knock it out of the park? We are going to talk about that. So if you have not seen Dark Phoenix, listen to this instead of going to see Dark Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> if you have seen Dark Phoenix... I am sorry we did not get to you. All right, well, look, look, let, 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 let's right. jump into this. Here's, so here's there the will thing. be spoilers. Basically, what I'm trying to say is there's going to be spoilers. Bail out now if you really care. But if you really care at this point, you care more than I do. You know, I think, Jonathan, there is a fair number of people, clearly not enough for the sake of, you know, how the movie's doing. But there are a fair number of people like myself. I admit, I actually went to a screening, but I would have paid for the movie. I did pay. Not because I wanted to. I went into this movie from the minute the movie was announced. I've always said, oh, God, why? But... Ian, you went to see the movie. You still paid. Yes. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's, there's just that sense of like, all right, it's this universe. It's this thing. I... Going back quite a while, I'm mean, like, first X-Men movie, solid B+, great movie. The ending is a little hokey. Second one is a fucking masterpiece. Second one's awesome. Especially back then, it was truly a masterpiece. Um, the third one, such a disappointment. You know, and this franchise, I think, has for the most part been a lot of mostly you know, questionable, at least somewhat misses ever since. Um, Deadpool was great. Deadpools are great. Uh, yeah, both of them. Um, Logan was great. Mm-hmm. Wolverine Origins, meh. The second Wolverine had so much potential. Oh, also, it didn't end well. Really enjoy those first two thirds, yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, very upsetting. First Class? First Class is a confusing movie because 
the first half is decent and is the bones of a good movie and then you know basically they smashed two movies together I mean you can go back in the archives and look at our review on that and you can see that the, there was a Magneto movie that David Goyer yeah. was going to do for a long well, time it, it, they, they, they took they had they two things in development yeah. yeah they had the Magneto movie and what, first class you know young X-Men and they put them together and it's a mess and, and ever since then you know Days of Future Past I loved all the old cast stuff or even the future stuff and the Wolverine stuff but for me stuff with this newer cast never quite takes off yeah. it doesn't make sense I get what they're trying to go for about the history of the X-Men starting in the 60s and all that it never makes sense I think McAvoy is great I think Fastbender is great and yet still always leaves me left me wanting but you know for the most part I like Days of Future Past Age of Apocalypse the movie was an abortion you know, it was so bad that I came out of it going, and we, we knew they were setting this up, and we all went, why don't do it, don't do it. But they had to do it. And, you know, it's funny. People talk about this being the end game to that, the Fox iteration, and I personally had to go see Avengers Endgame again just to get the bad taste out of my mouth. <laughs> you know? So I saw that for the third time on Sunday. Thank you for inviting me as well. I'm sorry I couldn't yeah. make it. Cause yeah, it's fine. This is one that... Um, I actually had more of a taste in my mouth after seeing this movie than during it. During this movie, it just kind of happened in front of me. It, it was a pretty joyless experience. There's not a lot that happens. Everything seems very muted. And yeah. Everything is artificially pregnant. The moments I, seem like they should be bigger than they are. Well, well, and there seems to be more happening than there actually is. I agree with every criticism you've said. But I, I will say what was odd for me was I actually enjoyed the movie more than I expected because I went in with such low expectations that I watched the movie and everything you say is right. It's, there's so much wrong with this movie. But there were things about it that were entertaining. Yeah, they have Dazzler in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, it begins and things. ends for me there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there are, there are few, well, well, I actually thought, and my understanding is that there was a lot of reshoots in this movie. Sure. And I understand a lot of, like, there was some action stuff I thought was well done. Within the framework of a bad movie. But like, like I've never. You can say that about Last Stand. Yes, but still, like for me, I love Cyclops, and the optic blast stuff with Cyclops was fantastic. Yet you have dramatic moments with Cyclops at the house where he's still wearing his battle visor instead of just ruby quartz glasses. Well, they always do that, and it's horrible. Uh, you, yeah. you, James Marsden wore sunglasses yes, yes, in I, many I, places. Agree. Like when, and I'm sitting here going. How come nobody else is wearing their battle ready yeah, yeah. stuff? No, it's equipment? Like, they, yeah, they, they do that all the time. Like, in these. like have Cyclops yeah. wear ruby quartz glasses when he's not in his battle gear. I agree. It's, well, well, it, also, it just makes him. I mean, you're covering half a dude's face. I also found that Ty Sheridan does a really good job of aping what James Marsden did, and it's really bothersome to watch. They're both really talented. I like both. No, of them. they're great actors, but yeah. th there was a choice to make them really stiff and uptight, and it's really bothersome. Sure. You know? Okay, so I'm watching this movie. I'm feeling nothing. Well, part of mine, the, the, the idea of the movie is silly. Let's start at the beginning. It opens up, and obviously the movie, the script was written earlier and everything else, but literally I'm going like, okay, so it's Shazam. Explain. They've decided to change Jean Grey's origin to being this whole thing with her parents dying, well, seemingly dying on the one. Now, again, I get that, you know, we're supposed to feel that, you know, post days of future past, the timeline has changed. But they're completely diverting from the Jean Grey origin before, 
and also from the comics, and they're seemingly killing her parents. It's sort of her fault in a car accident, which is literally exactly how Shazam opened up with... Um, Savannah. Yeah, with Savannah. Yeah. Which also was not part of his origin either. <laughs> no. But literally, I'm like, okay. But it worked it, for Shazam. I mean, but it was literally exactly the same thing. Yeah. And the whole thing happens in the car, and it causes a distraction, and, you know, the car flips. I'm like, I'm like, like okay. I mean, so that was already, I was going like, wow, like that just came out, you know? Yeah, and that is not the, that is not the first time this, no. uh, this script is, was having uh, trouble not being similar to other movies. And, and again, for some reason, I'm like, all right, so this is supposed to create, I mean, I guess this creates this whole thing for her, you know, and I get the motivations, but once again, it's fine. They've decided to retell the Dark Phoenix story that they did badly in X3. But they're diverting so much from what was established before. And again, I get it. Do it differently, but but do it well. At the uh, end of Apocalypse, did she not have a hint at... A, at yes, she well, did. Well, how did that go again? Because that's the one that I've majorly blocked uh, from my system. The eyes and the, a little bit of the flare. Okay, so, she, so at the end of Apocalypse, she has a little hint yeah. of the Dark yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, but, but... Even but, though she doesn't and, meet and, the Dark and, Phoenix until... And that, that, the first that, that, that's the movie. other problem, is... In X3, it had nothing to do with any other entity. It was just the ultimate expression of her abilities. Sure. So now here, they're doing that, but then they're not. It's really, it's very unclear. It's like they sort of get into the thing about that Xavier put the psychic circuit breakers, which is borrowing from, you know, what happened in the comics. Sure. Into her because she had so much potential. And yet then there's this entity. And it's, it's kind of back and forth. They can't decide if it's all her or not. Yeah, Xavier did not put the psychic blocks into her to prevent the entity. No, he, he did, put he it did in that there because, because of her abilities. She's a class one, yeah, telekinetic. She, she's an alpha. But when, but suddenly those breakers are destroyed when she goes into space and she encounters the Phoenix Force, and she absorbs it. Right, and but but then it becomes yeah. the force was coming for her. But then it becomes the aliens want it because they want the power. So and they destroy their planet. Right. So so the, so the, the, yeah. so the movie's completely inconsistent about. Is it Jean who could always have been this? Which, again, even though the timeline's changed, she's still Jean Grey, who you can't completely ignore the, the statement about who she is genetically in X3. They didn't change that. Even if they did, it, I don't think that this was the most in, like, engaging telling of the story. There was so it, much it internalization wasn't. in well, this well, film well, apparently, that it was hard to watch. And supposedly, this was originally meant to be and developed as two movies, which how atrocious would that have been? <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> I don't know if I could watch this as a short film. And, uh, but by the way, and we didn't even get into the fact that they have her narrating the way Xavier had done before, you know, because like it, it's supposed to be that whole thing. Like they're, you're stepping that up. And it's just... And, also, without jumping to the end yet, but they've also established in Days of Future Past that in the future everything's great and it's and she's fine. So the second they're making this movie, I'm like, well, that's just wrong. Yeah, and they've said after the weekend opening that the ending at the end of Days of Future Past where everybody's hunky-dory in the school is still possible. And you still have Jean there. And at the end of this movie, she does... So they're she, saying that yeah. she could find her way back to, to being human. Right. That's the idea. All right. Maybe. And then, I, and then obviously but, Xavier obliterates them all anyway and you end up with Logan. Right. <laughs> right. So you, there's always that. Um, she, she may have also obliterated the, the New Mutants film in the process. Um, One can hope. 
<laughs> well, you haven't seen it. It might be your favorite, Ian. Mm. You might come out of here been like, I don't so, think it's so bad. My feelings were not tempered going into this movie because a lot of people who'd seen it had told me it's better than Age of Apocalypse. That's not saying much. I will tell you right now, Geekscapist, it's not better than Age of Apocalypse. I know it's a low bar. This doesn't hit that low okay. bar. Okay, all right. Um, so, so all we're talking about is some of the nonsense in this. So Is there the, anything else? They, they, they come up with a villain or a group of villains that no, make Ian. almost no sense to me. They do not come up with a villain. They course correct to a villain. <laughs> but, but, all right, so, 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 so uh, let's talk Can about this. Can we talk about that? Because so, so, the second you see them shapeshift, you know they course corrected to those villains. Yeah, so, so basically in the comics when Jean Grey goes bad as Dark Phoenix and there's a whole thing about that she has this power but a sort of telepath illusionist mastermind is messing with her to turn her to the Hellfire Club and basically once she goes bad she goes fully bad because now Phoenix becomes Dark Phoenix has a taste of power goes off into space eats a sun and that by eating that sun causing it to go supernova and absorbing its its energy destroys a planet the planet was these people called the Debari. And they were basically the asparagus The entire people. solar system was five trillion people. Yes. So they were called, it was the, the Debari. They were, they were right. asparagus people. That's only in the so, comics. So the, so, but the one thing this movie has in common with that is, so these aliens come to Earth chasing this force that apparently obliterated their planet, and they're the Debari. Yep. It's, so it's supposedly the same race, but they come down, and you see them. They land at some dinner party. And next thing you know, they're like reptilian. They're basically scrolls because they come in and they apparently kill everyone and take over their forms. They're shape-shifting with super strength and speed and apparently maybe some telepathy. And I mean, like, they can see me doing... Uh, the, basically, I'm calling them war scrolls. Yeah. Okay? And from there. Then the motivation gets war, really, really you're, unclear. You're calling them war scrolls? Well, yeah, because yeah. the idea that they're a little bit more powerful then, than just a typical scroll. Sure. Um, they're not quite the super scrolls, nope. but they're, yeah. But, and then it's like, and the motivation is, okay, they want to take the Phoenix Force, so then they get into this thing. To re- recreate their planet. While the Phoenix Force was sitting out in space right. by itself for Gene Grey to absorb in the first place. Why did they just absorb it then? Well, apparently they hadn't gotten there soon. Remember, that it had just gotten there. Mm. and caused the problem with, with, the uh, with, with the shuttle. So the X-Men went, and the statement was it was coming for her. Because mm. it sensed her. Which, again, is borrowing a little bit from the comics. Okay. You know, more recently. than a little bit of the, the Phoenix 5 stuff in the whole, the Phoenix 1's Jean Grey. Okay. You know? um, I'm not saying it's good. <laughs> I'm just saying that's, that's what was there. We got to see Dazzler. Cool. And, and possibly Quentin Choir? Possibly. See the back of some kid who looks a lot like Quentin yeah, Quire. Yeah, um, well, that was another thing. They show all these mutants in the school, and they're mostly nondescript. And you don't see any abilities or anything. I was like, you know, you went to all that. Like, give us more. You could have said that about a lot of. That, that, I think that might be the theme of this movie. Yeah, you went to all that. Give um, us more. They, they they went to Magneto's island. It was like a proto Genosha. Yeah, and like, and then they're they're making up like it was like, in the Catskills. Yeah, who, but who were the mutants there? They did, had to do, like, a male, you know, uh, Medusa with dreads? I mean, like, what would... Yeah, no, I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was. I don't know who the female was. Yeah, but, I mean, they literally... Again, 
she goes there, the whole setup is dumb, but then you have a whole exchange between her and Magneto and sort of a fight. It's kind of fun. So Geekscapes were losing you a little bit. Because if you haven't seen the movie, what basically happens is Jean comes back with the Phoenix Force. She's having trouble controlling it. It's enhanced her way off the scale in every category. Like uh, She ends up losing control of it. She wants to go find her father. She well, she fi- finds she, out she, he's she alive. She finds out that Charles Xavier lied to her about the, her father being alive. Uh, she goes to find him. The X-Men go to confront oh, by, her. By the way, it's obvious that he did it to protect her, but she's not hearing that. She's not hearing anything. The Phoenix is in control now. She shows up. The X-Men come to confront her. They fight her one at a time, which isn't fun. And she ends up killing Mystique. And Mystique's literally the voice of reason. Like, oh, come here. Let, let me, you know, when let me Mystique be nice with you. When has ever so been the voice right. of reason? So then they have to kill her. Right. Like, in X-Men movies. Never. In no. X-Men, anything. When has Mystique never. ever been a voice of reason? Never. She, have we just forgotten she's a villain? Have we forgotten? She's not a villain anymore. <laughs> like, come on. She's not a villain anymore. They, they changed the timeline. She mm. stayed with the X-Men. Okay. No, okay. I'll, I'll give you that one. That, that, listen, that was the problem since Age of Apocalypse. As soon, it was the same issue in Age of Apocalypse. She's with the X-Men and training them, and that's what it is. It's different now. I do like that this is the singular X-Men movie that does not revolve around the ending being, Eric, you are better than this. Yeah, I mean... I, I, it's the only X-Men movie where someone doesn't say basically something along the lines of, Eric, you are better than this, and Eric has to fight his darker side right. in order to be Well, they, 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 fel- they felt the need to go back to the little trope of the chess thing, but ultimately they did the whole... Eric is actually already do, being pretty good on his own, comes back and still sees the greater good of working with the X-Men, you know, so, so and it's fine. Geeks gave us once this battle happens in front of Jean Grey's parents' house, <laughs> father's house, and Mystique is killed. She goes nuts and she's like, if you X-Men won't help me figure this out, I'm going to go find Eric. At that point, Beast is like, I, we need to kill now, her. Right. Beast has gone completely uncharacteristic. Because he loves Mystique. He loves Mystique and wants to kill Jean Grey. So wrong. Yeah, I mean, I thought his performance was decent, but like, I yeah. just don't buy it character-wise. Um, I felt that, well, well I, I kind of laughed because, you know, the whole Jennifer Lawrence did it and they kill her 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, yeah, of course they did. She's like, get me out of this piece of crap. <laughs> get me out because of this contract, I contractually please. had to do it. So please. just give me my death scene and get me out. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, I mean, meanwhile, Wolverine gutted her in the first X-Men movie. No problem. You know, come away from it. She basically gets stabbed like the same way, in, like the same spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you're right. She ends up getting stabbed by Wolverine in X1, and then in this one, she gets, she gets like stabbed a, like in the same like spot. A pitchfork or something goes yeah, through. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. Kills her. Not adamantium. No, kills her. <laughs> okay. She's not really dead. She just didn't want to be in the movie anymore. Yo, so she faked her own death. So, not, not a. I'm not joking. This is not a pun, but is there an X Men that gets out of the movie quicker than Mystique in Quicksilver? Because Quicksilver is in like two scenes, yeah, and it's just like OP. He would definitely have been OP in that last scene in the train. Yeah, he would have definitely solved a lot of those problems. And they bitch slap him out of the movie. Yeah, and you see him get thrown out of a fight. You never see him. Never again. see him again. Yeah, you never see Quicksilver in the rest of the movie. You don't even see him back at the mansion. He's done. Yeah, he's had it. He's had. And what was that? He he quits and then goes and joins the Avengers. Is that what's happening here? Yeah. Ian, help me. And Xavier, I mean, 
this whole thing, they push this whole thing. First of all, so when the movie opens, the X-Men are giant heroes. The public loves them. It's basically comic-wise like the Fantastic Four. Yeah, they save the... the, the uh, they the, save the shuttle. The shuttle Xavier has state dinners, all this stuff. Then Jean Grey goes to the little town that her father lives in, and the police show up, and she knocks them back. So suddenly, within one day, she's... Public enemy number public one. Public enemy number one. Yeah. The army's coming after her, and now everyone hates mutants. And the X-Men, you know, they, they then have a little fight in New York. Um, a and, little fight? He rips a train right. out of the ground. Yes. Magneto rips a train out of I'm the ground. I'm talking about in the city. Okay. The, the train's later. <laughs> and, you know, and then they're, dealing, they're fighting the aliens, all that. So then they get arrested. Wait, when did that happen? When they're in New York with Central Park and all that. That's and not she, the same as the train scene? No, the train's later. Oh, after that. Oh, God, this movie was bland. Because they were, they were captured. Yes. That's how, I'm talking about before they get arrested. Yeah, yeah. It leads to the train. Oh, yes, oh it leads I'm not to talking it. about the, 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 the come on ride the train train. I'm talking about the subway train. Okay, It's yeah. yanked out of the ground. Yes, yes. We are talking about the same fight. Right, right. So, okay. so I'm saying that... I can understand I, the confusion. I, I, no, no. So anyway, so I get at that point they've done some bad stuff. They're getting arrested. But then you have a guard who looks at Nightcrawl and is like, oh, you know, my kid, you know, you were, you're my kid's hero. Like, as if... And I'm literally sitting there like, what, Yesterday? Nightcrawler didn't do anything wrong. Not only did he do nothing wrong, but suddenly it's like it's like instantly, and they have a whole, you know, set up to detain them. All these safeguards, like they're they've been lying in wait apparently for it to go bad all along, and this, this suddenly there's this complete and total prejudice by everyone on Earth all of a sudden when they were such heroes like five minutes before. Yeah, they were the Beatles, and then they knocked some cops over, and they were like, yeah. nope." It's almost like this movie needed. Um, uh, a human villain, yeah, on some level, like a senator, like Senator Trask, Trask or something, yeah, where or, it's or, like, yeah. or a Sentinel program, where yeah. it's like, okay, they, the, well, you and Senator Kelly and Trask is the Sentinels, right? And so it's like, okay, so Charles Xavier, we trusted that you could have contained this yeah. Alpha. This but the al- thing is, they didn't do that because they already did that in Days of Future Past. I know, but imagine a storyline. Imagine a new script where there's a a, a storyline where Xavier. Having rescued Jean, the pre- in trusting the president says, "This is an alpha mutant, but don't worry, I have it under control." The second he doesn't have it under control, the president turns around and says, "He doesn't have it under control." Yeah. Enact the Sentinel program. Enact all these dampeners. Put them on a train. That's a failsafe. We should have seen it, and we don't see it. It, do- we it don't doesn't see flow any at all. of it. Suddenly, the entire human race is like killed. Yeah, mutants. it's just, just it's, and it's instant, and it's prejudice, and you know, you have a random guards saying these nasty things, and my son, you were his hero, people and now Magneto's like, clearly saving people. Right. On not Genosha. Left right. He's he's trying to, you know, Jean Grey takes this helicopter and I thought we were going to get the shot where the helicopter blade stops like short of somebody's head right? or something. We didn't get that. I mean, these action scenes are so muted. That scene with the helicopters is nothing. Mm -hmm. And you get these helicopters that have all these amazing... There's so much stuff you can do with the blocking on this and instead you just... It all just turns into two people talking and there's helicopters to the side acting crazy. Yeah. Um, The majority of these scenes in this movie are two people talking. Mm Mm-hmm. The vast majority of them, an unexcusable majority yeah, of these yeah. movies, have no urgency to them. Like the, this movie, there's no urgency to it. I agree. And then you've got these very ambiguous villains who want to absorb the Phoenix Force for themselves because they're late to the party. And it's just really unclear to me the entire time, like, 
how do they, first of all, why do they even think they can? This, this force came, it supposedly destroyed their planet, but they just know they can come and absorb it? Like, I don't get it. Mm -mm. It's like, and obviously I, I know the comics well enough to like, I know what he's trying to draw from. He's, you know, the writer's drawing from a lot of X-Men comics where the Phoenix has come back numerous times and gone to different hosts and at one point split up among different hosts and all that. And there's an idea of being the Phoenix's avatar and, and seeking it. But it's not on the screen. It's no, not a lot there. That's not on the screen. So there's this idea that, okay, well, there's one bad guy who seemingly already has plenty of power. Voop. You know, yeah, is, is trying to, you know, to get it. And then I guess the idea is that since Jean started a transfer, then she has part of it. So then at that point, it becomes very <coughs> Phoenix 5 with the different aspects of the Phoenix fighting each other. You know, but it's, it's just, it's a mess. Yeah, at the end, you have Jean versus Vuk yeah. fighting each other. They've both observed portions of the Phoenix, but. Like Ian is telling you, Geekscape, it's, it is so ambiguous. That is a portion of the movie that was reshot. Yeah. So yeah, I, I heard apparently it was originally going to a space battle. And, and I also heard that it was originally going to happen in front of the UN. The UN, it was going to be Scott and Charles at the UN saying, hey, we got this under control. There's a big problem outside the UN. And Jean is like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save goodbye. He's, she basically says, goodbye, Scott. I'm going to go into space and I'm going to solve this. And you have a space scroll scene, which was Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. So the what you're hearing is that, and you know, take this for a grain of salt, Geeks gave us this all comes off the internet. Um, that when Mark, Captain Marvel, you start finding out what the ending of Captain Marvel was, that Fox had to course correct with these reshoots and say, okay, we can't a have scrolls in the movie. We have to use ADR to make them the Dabari in Vuk, and then we have to scrap that. Oh, were they originally calling them scrolls? I think they were yes. Did Ty Sheridan came out came out in an interview and said they were scrolls? Oh, I didn't know that because they clearly are scrolls. Yeah, Ty Sheridan said that they're. I mean, in an interview, Ty Sheridan. Well, referred well, to well them that's as interesting because so so Geekscape so, is so. Let, let me Fox let me, had to course correct all that stuff well, and reshoot the well, ending well, because it was a space battle of scrolls. Let's touch upon something. So way back in the first Avengers movie, the issue back then was. Disney couldn't use scrolls because the license is fantastic. <coughs> scrolls are with the Fantastic Four. And that's why you had the So Shatari. it was a Fox thing. So that's, that's how the Shatari got created. Um, obviously, by the time they got to Captain Marvel, it got into a place where it shared, much like Quicksilver. Um, so they were able to use scrolls at this point. And notwithstanding the fact that by the time Captain Marvel came out, Disney owned Fox, but when developing Captain Marvel, that wasn't the case. They had just established they that they could do it. They were developing this. Yeah. But. Um, that listen, I mean, as bad as it is, a part of me is like, okay, I'm glad that they actually were scrolls one because they're clearly scrolls. Yes, they were. They were scrolls. Yeah. Even. What we saw in this Dark Phoenix movie were scrolls. Yes. That using ADR were changed the Dibari. Well, what, dude, it was barely even ADR. They just did a little, you know, a little Chiron, you know, that said, hey, the Dabari. You know? Yep, and then they, then they only refer to Jessica Chastain's character as Vuk once. Yeah. So yeah. There's like nothing to it. So I bet her role got chopped to hell. It's the whole thing. It's and, just, yeah, mad. Yeah, because she's not Lilandra. She's not any of those. No. She's not any well, of Well, that was just it. I went into the movie hearing there was an alien thing. I was hoping they were truly going to do the Shi'ar. Sure. And my concern was they should have introduced Leandra in an earlier movie. Okay, so there's a movie, that, like, there is a Phoenix movie that works. Well, there could have been. Yes, and that Phoenix movie is much closer to the comics where the X-Men go, 
Jean gets possessed by the Phoenix Force, however you want it to happen, shaving, saving a shuttle, or it gets possessed by this cosmic entity, it wipes out a planet. The people, the denizens of that, the survivors of that planet come to Earth and they, they want her to pay. The, the X-Men have to dude, defend her. The, the right way to do it is... You don't want to do a trial of Green, Jean Grey's... I do. The, the, mis- the mistake is, it's not the same movie. Just like in the comics, you have her become Phoenix in a different movie. Sure, sure. Earlier. Sure. You know, and you, the Dark Phoenix aspect of it, all the Hellfire Club, that's later. Uh, agreed. Agreed. That, but, that's part of the problem. But you add these alien races. The alien races come in. A, there's a price to pay for this sure. thing that wasn't really Gene's fault. And you got your deal. You know, it, this, you, this I, don't, I don't know if so you know this, but, but in the comics, the original plan by Chris Claremont and John Byrne was that happened and then they were going to take her powers away and Jean was going to stay alive. And Jim Shooter, who was the editor-in-chief at the time, decided, no, 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 she just killed all these people. She has to die. Yeah. So then they end up having that, that she sacrifices herself. Sure. You know, and this movie kind of did that, but not in the same heroic way. She flies away and doesn't yeah, say Yeah, she kind of morphs. Like, you know, I mean, the comic, I don't know about you, and I mean, I've actually read Uncanny X-137 many times. It's been a while, but over the years, many times. And it is so powerful. It's literally, her powers have been scaled back, but she and the X, basically, they say she has to die. And Xavier knows the, this alien race, the Shi'ar. He knows their code, so he calls the code. So it's the X-Men versus their Imperial Guard, which is like crazy powerful. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting, and they're losing. And finally, Jean senses that everyone goes down, and she sees Cyclops go down, and she loses it. Busts through whatever circuit breakers they've put on her powers. Takes them all out. And realizes it's all going to come right back and she's going to be Dark Phoenix again. And there's like an ancient weapon because it's the blue area of the moon where the Watcher lives, all that. But kills herself. Yeah. She sacrifices herself knowing that basically. But I mean, literally like, like just like that, she's literally like takes everyone out. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Why can't you just put a camera to that amazing it, Yeah, it's, it's awesome. In the age of Endgame? Awesome. Yeah. You know, but they they needed to have established, they needed to introduce the Shi'ar and the relationship with Xavier and all that in an earlier movie, bring that in earlier, you know, establish that stuff and then go there. And so when I heard Alien, I was like, can they possibly do a version of this? That's what I hoped. That's what they didn't do. That, I mean, that awesome thing. It's on the list of things they didn't do. Yeah, yeah. Um. So let's just retrudge and scrolls and it's. By the way, even that. I mean, there's actually this moment in the movie where, like, oh, she's willingly giving the alien the power, and then of course the alien on a dime. Yes, and now we're going to destroy your world. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for the power. I'm going to destroy you know? your world. You know, like like exposition. <laughs> by the way, I'm a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, this felt committee in the worst way. It's, this movie really felt committee in the in the worst way. Yeah. What were the highlights of this movie for you, Ian? I've said mine. Dazzler is in it. Dazzler's great. Well, I told you. For me, I thought that I thought the Cyclops fight stuff, like having him actually ricochet off the glass or things like that, was yeah, really cool. He's being strategic. I also thought the, the the young Nightcrawler stuff was really good. Sure. And really well done. Sure. Um, the little bit of Quicksilver was, you know, funny. I like Gene like G- took him out like that. That was great. They tried to give Storm a little bit more to do. Yeah, I, I, character-wise, not actual-wise. Yes, yes, I, I agree. Um, she had a couple decent action scenes for sure. You know, um, yeah, uh, 
those were the things that I liked. But the train sequence where um, they're fighting well, a train that Magneto could have been in control well, of the whole time well, by the way, he controls Exactly. What, what, what I loved was, finally, Magneto just crunches the, the train. And I was like, okay, that's awesome. Why did he do it to begin with? Good question. You know, to finish off the Dabari well, who are attacking them on a train, Magneto just crunches them all. Yeah. Well, well Why they, just they, the they were in the train. Once he's sure. out, once they're out of the train, he does that. And it's awesome. He but can't yeah. lift people and move them. Yeah, <laughs> Instead, he picks up a bunch of guns and fires at it like tur- like T two, right. freaking. Dabari. And they just keep coming because they exactly, just keep coming. It's totally like, T two. Squish them, squish them mm-hmm. like bugs. Um, and and the whole thing plays very Terminator. Like they just keep coming, and they're very singular and expressionless as they're coming. Oh, so many stuntmen characters got killed in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're just they're just endless stuntmen, and uh, yeah. it's just it, it's overall bad. It, it it's honestly it, it's just it's depressing for what was great. I came out know? very sad in this movie. Yeah, yeah. This is not the end game ending to the saga. No, no. Exa- and that was exactly my point before. It's like really like it it, it ended with whimper. Days of Future Past and Logan should have been the ending of the series. Yeah. The idea that this movie made in its opening weekend, less than the first X-Men movie did, and let's think about this. With inflation. It came out 20 years ago. Yeah. Forget inflation. Actual number. It made less than the first X-Men movie did in 2000. Okay? Not accounting for inflation. At a time, all back in 2000, people weren't into comic book movies. Right. They'd seen Blade. Yeah, like X Men was a surprise. Okay, that's part of me fucked up. Yeah, you know it's you know, and they're pointing a lot of fingers. And you, you and I, we referenced how um, Lauren Shuladana, who was an original producer, apparently had nothing to do with um, this one, Apocalypse, and um, maybe Days of Future Past. I think Days of Future Past. Yeah, she's she's, like, like, she's been out. She supposedly she tweeted, "Yeah, hey, save the hate or whatever." I didn't have anything to do with these. Yeah, um, and it was deleted. The tweet was deleted, but yeah. you know the internet. If yes. it's out, it's forever. Yeah. yeah, it's out there. It's forever. So uh, you know, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, bad, just bad." So, so I think the ultimate answer is, you know, I know me. I had to see it. Yeah, of even course. though I knew it would be bad. I paid four dollars for this movie. Okay, not a bad. Yeah, no, not it's bad. fine for the air conditioning in this heat wave. Yeah, worth it. That's true. That's true. So yeah, but but, but Geekscape is out there. You, you you're missing nothing if you don't see it. Um, if you want to see it to make fun of it, fine. But it's yeah, it's bad. Ian, Kevin Feige's coming in. He's probably got an agenda for these movies. He I definitely th- has an agenda for these characters. So so. So here's the thing. Because he worked on the original X-Men movie. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, the first couple. Um, and he loves these characters, and he loves the, the Marvel library, and he will do right by them. Unfortunately, he's going to have to wait a few years, which he knows. And I'm, I'm curious because, unlike with Spider-Man, Marvel now has it back. So there is no clock on it. They don't have to. See, Spider-Man, I don't know if, if all the listeners know this, but Sony... Had to had to keep going back to Spider Man well because they lost the rights, mm-hmm. so they couldn't say, "All right, we need to take some time before we reboot." Whatever. If the answer was these aren't working anymore, they either had to do a sequel anyway or do a reboot. So that's why we got so many in such a short period of time. So the right answer it's probably five years, 
you know, which I think is a long time. The rumors I hear are, you know, Fantastic Four, it's already been a couple years, and it's not quite as well known. The last one didn't do well anyway. Mm -hmm. So I think we might see Fantastic Four as part of the MCU as soon as 2022. And you heard about Peyton Reed's that yeah Peyton Reed's take on the, it yeah his take on it and uh, Peyton Reed was the original Fox director before yeah. Tim Story. I would love to have seen that. I I, I I I think I think this version could be great. I think the idea that he already put this this microverse city within Ant Man and the Wasp and going there in the and, quantum realm. So Geekscape is yeah. what we're talking about is this story that supposedly there's a you can see in, in one yeah, of the, the shots. Yeah, there's a frame. Yeah, one of the shots in Ant Man vs. the Wasp and the Wasp and the Wasp in the quantum in the quantum realm, you can see this micro city where the micronauts all live. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. That's well, there won't cool. be micronauts. I know because yes. that's a Hasbro or Mattel property. That's a toy property yeah, that Marvel toy property. teamed up with. So it won't be micronauts, but in there, there's some science. Well, well, and that's the micro. The, the Marvel version the of the, of the microverse of anyway. predates Micronauts. Right, and and remember the Wasp was a part of that microverse city right. recently in the comics. She lived there for yeah. a while, and yeah. it was all pretty cool. Um, Back when we thought Janet Van Dyne was dead, we she shrunk Janet, down, and that's where she was. We thought she was dead. She was in the microverse. Mm-hmm. Um, so Peyton Reed has a take on the Fantastic Four. So I think we can get Fantastic Four. I mean, the thing is, you got to realize these things take time from sure. development. I mean, the reality is they actually come together a lot quicker than they used to. But I think, you know, if, if this year they say they're going ahead, then I think 2022 is probably realistic in terms of what the Marvel slate is. There's been speculation about Secret Wars. I don't see Secret Wars being the end of Phase 3. I think, I think it probably builds much like and Avengers. Phase 3 is done. Yeah. Excuse me, I meant to say Phase 4. Phase I four. think my personal gut would be it's Phase 5 or 6. Sure that we build up the Secret Wars. I think you have to have a few Fantastic Four movies. I think you have to have a Galactus at yeah. the end of Phase 5. Probably end of Phase 5 is Galactus. And by the way, and my personal vision would be you do a version of Fantastic Four 242, 244 where it's everyone against Galactus so that maybe the second or third Fantastic Four movie looks a lot like Captain America Civil War. Sure. Where it's a Fantastic Four movie but you have a lot of the Avengers in it. Sure. You know, because they all come to New York to help with Galactus. Secret Wars plays more like Infinity War and Endgame in the sense that, and it, it's the, the more recent version of Secret Wars, once we see a bunch of different realities, you, you blend them together. Sure. Personally, and I don't know if the time, if it times out right, but I personally would hope that before we get Secret Wars, we do get the X-Men again. Yeah, and I, I think that the Disney but that's stockholders... But probably a the stock, thing. No, the Disney stockholders are not going to let that happen. They want their X-Men on the big screen so yeah, they can yeah. sell their toys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that um, the X-Men are, are a Phase 5 Maybe, thing. maybe Phase 5. But, uh, but Phase 5 could be 2024. Listen to me, brother. You're going to start getting some X-Men because they got cartoons to sell. I, they I got hear toys you. to sell. I hear you. I don't think these Merry Mutants are going to sit on the shelf too long, buddy. Yeah, I hear you. They're going to let the stink go yeah. for a little bit. It could be a, it's a few years. But I think it's, I think you're going to see the Fantastic Four and the X Men start to pop up pretty quickly towards the end of Phase Three, of Phase Four. Maybe you've got the Eternals Maybe. kind of giving the history of the Marvel Universe. Yeah, well, we're, we're, you've got the sequels. You got the Shang Chi. You got the sequels well, well, yeah. to Black Panther. So, so, right. So that's Spider-Man. what we're talking about. So so we have in Phase Four. We have um, well, Far From Home is still Phase Three. That's right. But you're going to have a third Spider-Man movie. Yes. So that'll be Phase 4. You'll get Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, Captain Marvel 2, Eternals, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi Black Widow. 
Black Widow. Which will also be a prequel. Sure. I'm hearing not set all the way back in a true origin, but maybe post-Civil War. Okay. Uh, mixed feelings on that, but it depends what the movie is. We'll see. Talent is talent. They, if they take, yeah, yeah, tell yeah. a good story, they can put yeah, it anywhere. I, I, that's true. Um, so, we, so those are all movies we know. Um, Fantastic Four can easily fit into that number. I think we probably get a third Doctor Strange, a second and maybe third Fantastic Four, obviously a third Black Panther, um, Captain Marvel, before we, and maybe even another Eternals, before we get anywhere near a Secret Wars movie. And if you get a Lexman in there before then too, you know, the thing about Secret Wars is Secret Wars, it could be an interesting way to introduce it. But I don't think they're going to do it that way. Stockholders want their X-Men on the big screen. Well, more to the point, we were all hoping an endgame, but the reality is that Marvel's very smart about not making one movie truly dependent on another. So I don't think they're going to actually introduce mutants in the X-Men via one of the other movies. No, there'll be some hints here and there yeah. to Reed Richards. and then yeah. you, you remember when they, when they hinted at Doctor Strange and right. well, in, well, in, well, in Winter Soldier? Exactly. Well, that's the question. You're going to start seeing hints to Reed Richards. Uh, you're going to start seeing hints to mutants. Well, the, the big question is going to be, are they going to say that they were always around or are they going to try to start it from the beginning? They're always around. Why not? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't want... I, I don't Listen, we don't need first class. That's not the best version of the X-Men. That's right. Just like the X-Men movie in 2000, we got that first movie and we find out they've been around. And it was great. The public might not have been aware of them, but they were around. And they do not come from Mysterio's reality because Mysterio's lying. Probably. <laughs> Quentin Beck is lying. We, we, we will see. <laughs> well, that, that, that's going to be the question. Is he lying or are they doing the multiple reality thing right there already? The idea was introduced in Endgame. And I love that they're just like, let's introduce it through Quentin Beck. <laughs> Well, again, I mean, listen, I we, love we, it. We're, we're still stuck on this debate at the end of Endgame about Captain America, and did he go live in an alternate reality like the directors say, or did he live in the regular reality like the writers say? Yeah. You know, was he Peggy Carter's husband all along? Sure. And if he was, I mean, th- th- there's a rumor out there that, you know, their grandson's going to be Captain Britain, Brian Braddock. That's cute. Because he... They had a daughter. The daughter married, you know, sure. a Braddock. You you know. That's Megan? Maybe. Okay. You know? Geekscape is what we have learned is that Ian and I are pretty off on some of these predictions. Well, we're just, years it's, it's all speculation. It's all speculation. And our speculations have always been pretty off. So <laughs> Marvel has, does a pretty good job of surprising us. And that's, I think, what we love about them. Um, Ian, we got a couple of movies coming up. Oh, yeah. We definitely have... We have Far From Home. Far From Home. We have Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones is a show, but yes, it is... Hey, it's a day away. It starts this weekend, doesn't it? It's tomorrow night. Are you excited about it, or have you almost forgotten it's coming out? I am mid-level. Okay. It's... Look, I, I expect to enjoy it, but it's a little bit bittersweet, you know? I mean, yeah. it's over, it's done. Doesn't mean it won't be good, you know? I'll hope for some kind of reference to the other characters, but I think, you know, unfortunately, production-wise... There's no chance that we get any kind of closure on Luke Cage. Or any of them. Yeah. Well, we, well, we, we got closure on, on, da- on Daredevil. Daredevil had closure. Yeah. But we didn't get closure on Iron Fist. Uh, Iron, Iron Fist is all set up, and Luke Cage is obviously a bit of a mess. So Geekscape, is, there's going to be a little bit of a delay on that one. On that one, uh, I'm leaving town the next week. I don't think I'm going to get a chance to re, uh, 
to meet up with Ian again. Um, but on my trips, I'm, I'm gone for almost two weeks. On my trips, I will definitely watch all of uh, Jessica Jones. And maybe if Ian wants to Skype with me, we can do a Jessica Jones remotely. I can do it. Okay. So maybe you'll get that Jessica Jones sooner or later because right upon arriving back in the States, I'm web-slinging with my favorite character of all time, Mr. Spider-Man. Sweet. So Yeah, yeah. you're coming with, right? Let's talk about ticket count. Okay. All right. But um, Ian, I love doing this with you. I, you know what? The whole time I'm sitting here watching Dark Phoenix and forcing myself through it for you Geekscapists, it was like, at least I get to talk to Ian about this. That's right. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, all right, this should, this one should be fun. I couldn't even wait until I was in the parking lot before I was texting you how sad I was at this one. It went out with a whimper. The X-Men Fox storyline is closed. That chapter is closed, and it went out with a whimper. Yeah, we think. I mean, New Mutants. We'll never see that movie in. You think I'll burn off on Hulu? I think those movies are gonna, that movie will come out when George R. R. Martin finishes his books. Oh, don't don't. They're going to happen. Don't be. Um, Geekscapes, we love you. That's why we do this. That's why we put ourselves through some of these things. Um, you can find us on geekscape.net. We have a brand new website coming this summer for Comic Con. We also have a bunch of new shirts. Some of the sold out shirts are coming back. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you know what? If you enjoyed this episode, maybe it was your first episode. Go ahead and leave us a review. Throw us those five stars on any podcatcher that you listen to and uh, definitely hit that share button and tell your friends about Geekscape because we've been around a long time. We ain't going anywhere. So you can feel good telling your friends about this new podcast that you discovered that they may have already started listening to. Only one way to find out. Tell your friends about it. Ian can be found on Twitter and on Facebook. He's always in the Geekscape Forever Facebook group talking things up. Um, And anything else to add, Ian? Nope. Okay, buddy. For Ian Kerner, thank you guys so much for listening. Geekscape forever. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.